0: Welcome to the Mini-Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Monday, February 3rd, first Grand Slam of the 2020 season officially in the books. Novak Djokovic, Sofia Kennan, crowned champions at the Australian Open. That is the big storyline coming out of the last week of tennis, and we will be talking about that, of course, here at Crack Rackets, but we're going to save that for a live Great Shot podcast that we are recording later tonight, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube you can watch me Jamie McDonald in person see our smiling faces as we recap what was a fantastic first Grand Slam of the year but there's a bunch of other tennis to discuss from the last weekend when it's a Grand Slam we try and focus specifically on those because it's such an exciting two weeks of tennis Uh, but on today's mini break podcast I want to talk about everything else that you may have missed during the Australian Open a lot of Challenger action two Oracle Challenger Series events going on in Newport Beach. We can talk about the winners emerging from there. All of the other results we saw in the tennis world preview the week ahead as well. And I want to explain to you guys why we haven't had many breaks these past couple of days. But before I do that, want to let you all know that today's podcast, once again, sponsored by our friends at Diadem Tennis, look, you make a lot of big decisions in your life. I, myself, just recently made a big decision to move to Indianapolis. That's right up there with where I went to college, what I wanted to do for a living, all those sorts of things, but as a tennis player, a decision that rakes right up there, the racket you choose to play with. So often, if you're playing with something that's uncomfortable, I happen to be hitting with not my racket yesterday, moved to Indy, but my strings are broken, so I had to borrow one of Dalton's rackets, and it led to a poor performance. It reminded me it's so important to take comfort with the stick that you're using out there. And we think you all will really enjoy making the switch to Diadem, their rackets, their string technology on the cutting edge of all innovations we're going to see here in the 2020 string and racket technology wise. So we think you all will really enjoy it. Pro players such as Carousel, Sekou Bangora, already using them on the Pro Tour, having success with them. So it's good enough for the pros. We know it's good enough for you. And hey, it's real easy. You can go to their website and order. And if you use our promo code CR50, you get 50% off your first racket. And you know, To buy a bad racket, that's expensive. That's the worst feeling in the world. Here, you're going to get a good racket and it's going to be 50% off. So, you're going to be living your best life. So, be sure to go check out our friends at Diadem Tennis and again we look so uh, we are looking so much forward to partnering with them and remaining with them uh, throughout this future but Uh, to the tennis world. I I talk about Diadem and you all may have uh, recently noticed actually before we get to the tennis uh, we have had a few more advertisers on this podcast. Our friends at Aerobar of course as well. Uh, The first tennis specific energy bar. Our friends at Diadem. uh, On and on and on. And we're really excited about those development at Cracked Rackets but we've also got a couple of things on the horizon and that is why we haven't had many breaks these these past couple of days. I mentioned right there I have moved to Indianapolis. Why that's significant Significant to you, the listener, is that's where Cracked Rackets is headquarters. I am thrilled to announce that uh, we finally have things at a place where we've decided it's time to do this full-time, time time to really take a go at this tennis stuff. So I have officially moved to Indy. I am in the residence, the casa of myself, Daniel Westhoff, and Dalton's brother, Parker Thienemann, who you Cracked Rackets listeners, if you followed our social media, our Instagrams, you may be familiar with him already. Uh, It's essentially CRHQ, and we are thrilled to be doing things from here moving forward uh, that I will be focusing on the tennis full-time. Hopefully you listeners uh, will think, well, haven't you been doing this full-time already? That's the fun part. No, I haven't been. So while we will continue to keep up with the mini break podcast, the GSPs, the cracked interviews that we have you know have gotten us to this point, um, we're really looking forward to the other things we can now explore now that our team at Crack Track, it's a little bit bigger and that we have even more time to spend on these sorts of things. It's going to be things from writing. I'm really looking forward to getting back into that. Uh, obviously, more podcasts and mini breaks, not just during the week, but on the weekends, as this is something I'm going to be doing full-time. Uh, I'll be watching semifinals, finals on the weekends, as will our whole team at crack Rackets, so why not produce a podcast? I'll be talking about it here. Might as well just turn the mics on and hit record. So, Little things like that, um, You know, more content, obviously, I, I mentioned the writing already, but longer term pieces since I will have you know, since we all have more time, whether it's not necessarily another podcast episode, but a different type of podcast, long views or if you liked our best of the decade series things, looking back in time, looking at the bigger narratives right now going on in tennis, how the game continues to change, not only on the court but developments such as, you know, ATP players unions and are we changing the formats, best of three, best of five, those sort of big discussions that tennis faces moving forward. Those are the sort of things we're gonna have time. To cover now, so we're really looking forward to doing that. Uh, we also are going to have some premier uh, exclusive content. We are going to be launching a Patreon. If you become a Patreon subscriber, as I mentioned, things like weekend mini brick podcasts or even more of our writing, uh, more content options available to you, early release for podcast episodes, uh, so you know uh, those sorts of things, uh, exclusive interviews maybe exclusive to Patreon. Uh, we're really looking forward to getting that launch, and the reason we want to do that. Uh, obviously, to give you, listeners, if we're going full-time, we want to give you more better access to the sort of content we are doing here at Crack Rackets. So hopefully that's something you will all be interested in, and that's something we're going to be talking about again tonight uh, with Jamie McDonald on our live Great Shot podcast show, what that Patreon has to offer, what that's going to look like, how you, the listener, can get involved with that. Uh, So really exciting times here at Crack Rackets. We are obviously thrilled to have all of that going on. Uh, But there's also a lot of tennis to talk about, so with that in mind, let's get—oh, I I should mention one thing. We also have the chance to do play-by-play opportunities, uh, so we will be on the ground at the National Indoors in Chicago for the women, in Madison for the men— Uh, We will be at the Kentucky Open, the 100K WTA event next week as well. Uh, That's, again, another perk of doing this full-time. We're going to be on the road. Hopefully with more access to these players will come, more interviews, more content that you, the listener, can consume and hopefully continue to enjoy. So, you know, I ask this all the time, but those like, ratings, subscribes, reviews, leave comments on our episodes even more pertinent now than they were before because we want to make sure we're living up to what you, the listener, wants to hear. And when you make a Patreon uh, uh, sort of outlet like that that's a commitment to you the listener to you know if you guys are going to be contributing to our coverage we need to make sure it lives up to your standards so be sure to let us know what you are thinking uh, that being said i feel like this is a celebratory moment so west off can i get some sort of maybe a lion's roar maybe a celebratory effect something more subtle whatever you're thinking here Ta-da! all right with that in mind Let's talk a little bit of tennis, because again, there's a lot of tennis going on throughout the world, and all eyes were on the Australian Open, but things were happening outside of that, and the event I want to start with is the Oracle men's event uh, in Newport Beach, the Oracle Challenger Series, part of the Road to Indian Wells, Oracle's investment into tennis, something we've talked about many times here on this podcast, so I don't have to reiterate it today. I will say there were two fantastic events, men's and women's, going simultaneously in Newport Beach over the past week that were really fun to see. I want to start on the men's side because the winner this week there, someone near and dear to our Cracked Rackets fans, we've had him on the Cracked Interviews podcast, the Great Shot podcast as well. Uh, He's a guy who's at the intersection of the college tennis, pro tennis world that we at Cracked Rackets, of course, are also so fond of. And that's Tyson Kwiatkowski, who makes the first challenger final of his career in Newport Beach, and he wins it, knocking off Daniel Galan in straight sets 6-4, 6-1 for Kwiatkowski coming into the week. He was unseasoned in his first match he had to play a former UVA teammate in Colin Altemirano he knocked off the 11 seed Emilio Gomez the 6 seed Braden Schnur uh, he knocked off number 15 seed Dennis Isteman, who beat Francis Tiafo in straight sets the round before uh, he knocked off Stevie Johnson the 4 seed here as well 3 6 7 6 6 1 and then the straight set win over Golan this guy who earned it every match had to bring it Each and every match As well He talked about it In his post match He wasn't even sure If he was going to Play this event uh, And You could see in his level, you know, Ty Kwiatkowski, a guy who has always been so talented, the the obvious pop on the first serve. He's a guy who can hit 140 when he's really going after but easy 120 mile per hour power uh, on the forehand wing. He can explode when he really wants to. The backhand explosive as well. He's comfortable moving forward. A guy who was the 2017 NCAA singles champion as well as a three-time national champion at Virginia. Uh, he's won at every level he's have played at. He was a top junior as well. And it always felt like it was a matter of time. And for Kwiatkowski, because he's so talented, so athletically gifted, uh, it feels like he often struggles with what he wants to do exactly on the court. Does he want to be turning into forehands? Does he want to be ripping backhands? Or does he want to play six to ten feet behind the baseline, leveraging his athleticism to track down extra balls, You know, lulling his opponent into hitting drop shots or hitting slices that they think will catch Kwiatkowski out of position, but he gets there in a blink of an eye and is able to turn on a forehand. And it just felt like he was more consistent today. It, it or throughout the week it just felt like he had a game plan he wanted to execute. He wasn't slicing the backhand nearly as often. He was hitting through it. He was going after each of his forehands. I mean, he served so well throughout this tournament in his match against Steve Johnson. He makes 65% of his first serves, 45 of 51 on those first serve points. I mean, the first serve was a weapon. He was setting up first forehands. He was hitting big serves to the Johnson, one-handed backhand, serving and fouling behind that, mixing up the backhand down the line with the slice cross court. So Steve Johnson, who wants to camp on the ad side to hit inside-out, inside-in forehands. Kwiatkowski kept him honest by taking the backhand down the line. He also you know, won 56% of his second serve points in efficient, uh, He saves three of the four break points he faced, but he earns 11 break chances on the Johnson serve. He made so many returns. He's really just so good at using the slice to just neutralize the serve and get the point back to neutral for himself. He didn't let Johnson just tee off on forehands. He tracked down as many extra balls as he could, even when Johnson did tee off on a forehand. Uh, he wore Steve Johnson out and obviously that's a great win for him, but then to take that over into the next match against Daniel Galan, uh, who himself, you look at what Galan accomplished, he knocks off, you know, he played a first round match against James Ward, but he knocked off the 12th seed Mulliker, he knocked off Miomir Kesmenovic, six-three, six-seven, six-three. he knocked off Chris Eubanks in three sets, Mitchell Kruger in straight sets. So a really good result for Daniel Galan, who, you know, is not by any stretch of the imagination an old Daniel Galan, 23-year-old Colombian. At this point, he finds himself pretty high up in the uh, live rankings. In fact, you look at where he is after this result, Galan now finds himself... At 140, and for the 23-year-old, that's a career high. He's got a big uh, semifinal from the Houston ATP event he made last April. So any points he can get early in the season, that much more important. But really no quarterfinals at the challenger level even to defend uh, until that April semifinal at the ATP level. So he could find himself in that top. 120 in that top 100 range. Certainly, he should get into qualies for a bunch of ATP 250 events, and that's how you make that jump into the ATP top 100. You qualify for an ATP 250 event. You Know, get in, you win a couple of rounds there, the points are that much larger than anything offered at the challenger level, so he's in a really good striking range to start his season, and to get back to Ty Kwiatkowski, who in that final, once again, only made 51% of his first serves, but 17 of 21 on those points, 16 of 20 on the second serve points, I think that's why everyone was so high on his upside. I think, you know, despite him vacillating in the UVA lineup throughout the years, I don't think anyone was shocked to find out that of his grade, you know, the Aragonese, the Reachards uh, the Colin El even who was a year younger than him, but that he's the guy inside the top 200. He finds himself now at a career high, uh, number 181 in the live, or number 180, excuse me, now in the live rankings. And for the 24 year olds, uh, he's now should get into Grand Slam qualities for the rest of the years. He doesn't have a challenger quarterfinal or better to defend until June. I mean, this is the dream scenario for Kwiatkowski who talked about uh, in his post-match interview I believe or uh, just in some of the comments afterwards you know he again he didn't want to play this I think his girlfriend broke up with him the week before and so it was just amazing to see a Kwiatkowski, a fiery guy, a guy who you don't want to say struggles with his emotions, but certainly displays them uh, throughout his matches. How steady he was, how relentless he was. That's such a good fl- you know, switch to see him flip. And He's 25 years old. He's about to enter his physical prime. And this is a guy who's so talented, who just blessed with one of those live wrists, who can just turn on a ball, snap it off like few people can. Really talented to go along with that movement as well and all of the skills he has. So great result for him to start his season uh, in terms of the rest of the tournament i mentioned tiafo got knocked off early uh, he wasn't the only one francis tiafo loses in that third round uh, round of 16 to dennis Isteman but taylor fritz also loser in the round of 16 He gets knocked off by Mitchell Kruger, who, in making the semifinals here, gets a big result to put on his resume uh, before he has that Dallas Challenger championship, the first challenger title of his career, to defend this week. And Kruger looked really good, just so solid. You know what you're going to see from Mitchell Kruger as well. You you have to beat him. He's not going to give you anything, and his first serve is a weapon, and he used it well against Fritz, just kept extending Fritz to the outer thirds, made it a physical match, did the same thing in his quarterfinal against Ray Sarmiento. Uh, for Mitchell Kruger, who was the 13th seed. All of his wins came in three sets. So, you know, that's a physical week for him. Great result to kick off his season as well. And again, going into this uh, challenger now, he's at 227 because all those points fell off in the live rankings. So good for him to get an early semifinal uh, under his belt. Yeah, that was the action in Oracle. I want to talk, you know, there were a couple of other challengers on the week as well, just to briefly go through those results. And again, that's what we get to do now that I'm doing this full-time. I get to watch these challengers at everywhere, all times, and there always is challenger tennis to be watched. Uh, in Australia, the number one seed, Taro Daniel, knocks off the number 10 seed, former USC All-American, a guy we had on the Cracked Interviews podcast, in Yannick Hanoffman 6 in the final there. Uh, for Hanifman, the 10 seed knocks off the 7 seed, uh, the beneficiary of an upset, but he knocks off Uh, Pervlorakis in the quarterfinals Jason Kubler in the semifinals All straight set wins for Hanifman Until he got to that final For Taro Daniel he didn't drop a set all week Really good wins for him against Wu Against Safwat, against Clark And then Hanifman was just the most solid player in the tournament throughout the week, and you look for him now and where he's at in the live rankings uh, for Taro Daniel. It's a good spot to be in to start his year. Uh, he is going to be at number 102, which for the 27 year old, you're on the precipice of the top 100. That's where you want to be. Uh, for Jana Konevman, who struggled with injuries, he's had a career high in the top 100, but the 28 year old now back in the top 150, 147 range. He wants to make that push, obviously, for the top 100. So good. Good place to be for him to start this season. Uh, you know, you look elsewhere. We had a challenger in Uruguay where Diego 7 seven six six seven seven five winner over the number one seed Marco Chetchenato in the final. That was the only final we had where the number one seed has faced off against the number two seed. I think all season at the challenger level, maybe even at the ATP level as well. Although I suppose ATP Cup final, Djokovic versus Rafa is sort of the number one versus the number two, but. You know, for Montero, That was a great match there. And then our last uh, challenger of the week was in France, where we had uh, Chem Ikel knocking off Maxime Janvier, the number five seed in straight sets. You look for Ikel and Janvier, both very, very young guys for Ikel. Uh, he is now the 24-year-old inside the top 200 for the first time in his career, number uh, 199 for jean Vier, you look where he's at, number 175, five off his career high of 170. Both of those guys under 25 years old, Ikel 24, uh, for jean Vier 23, so we see this push happening genera- generationally, we saw a team make the final at the Australian Open, but there's a lot of those, you know, 25 and under guys ready to fill out the middle ranks of the tennis world. It's the new middle class of the ATP Tour now filing in, and It's a really fun time to be a tennis fan because of that, and when you see all these different names make these appearances at ATP 250, ATP 500 events even. You know, don't be surprised because they're all grinding on the challenger circuit. They're all working their way up. They're all winning challenger titles now, getting into that top 200, top 150 range. It's only a matter of time. The next step is, you know, winning ATP 250 matches, getting to quarterfinals or later there. So hopefully we'll see a bunch of these guys be able to break through and do just that. Uh, That was all of the ATP action we had at the challenger level or above. You look at the WTA level, there's one big event. It was the women's... uh, Newport event, the at Oracle Challenger Series there, and we had an American winner emerge. Madison Bringle, the first American Challenger winner for this Oracle Series since Danielle Collins. She knocks off Vogel, uh, the number six seed, six one three six six two. Really fun weekend here. We had a, a four three set quarterfinal round. You know, Bringle knocking off Pagula in three. Uh, Padaroska knocking off Maria in three. Mc- uh, Vogel knocking off Christina McHale in three, and then Taylor Townsend. Knocking ...knocking off Coco Vandewey in three sets. A look really good rush. I, I think, for Brangle and Vogel. They just got better as the tournament went on. Both of them straight-set winners uh, to emerge to that final. And for Madison Brangle... Uh, you look at where she's now at in the live rankings. Back inside the top 100, she'll take this title. She's at number 79 now. Uh, you look for Vogel and her start to the year. Uh, she is back inside the top 100 as well. With this result, she's at number 99. Uh, for Taylor Townsend, who, unlike Tiafo, unlike Fritz, seemed to handle that transition back from Australia to the States a little bit better. Uh, she's at number 72 right now. She is in striking range of her career high, number 61. And, you know, you throw Townsend in that Kwiatkowski range because Taylor Townsend, under 24 years old still, there's no reason she can't t- crack the top 50 this year. There's no, I mean, the talented lefty who gets in better and best, better shape. Uh, just the skills she has, the lefty, the servant volleying, the slice backhands, the lobs, the angles. Really, really fun player. Someone we've talked about many times on this Crack Racket podcast as well. So, you know, don't be surprised if you see a bunch of these players uh, make their breakthroughs uh, early in the season, and you want to see, you know, it's early still. It's only been one month of play, and I'm sure we'll be recapping it uh, later on some form of Cracked Rackets podcast, but you just start marking which young 25 and under players look like they can make a pop this year. These early results showing Uh, there, there are a lot of them you could throw on that list. So really fun time again to be a tennis fan with that in mind. That was our last big event of last week. So now let's look ahead to this weekend. You know, Really uh, not too much WTA action. In fact, I don't think there's a single WTA 100K or higher this week on the schedule. They do have a couple of events starting next week in St. Petersburg and in Thailand. But this week is mostly going to be ATP action. We have three 250-level events, one in Cordoba, Argentina. We have another one in uh, Montpellier, France, and then the last one in Pune, India, Uh, But other than that, you know, pretty calm week. We've got a, oh, I should say pretty fun week on the ATP side. We've got a fantastic challenger in Dallas where, of course, our friend Mike C. C Tennis on Twitter, at uh, Mike Cation in real life, uh, will be on the call once again, the number one seed there this week. Francis Tiafo and the number two seed Andreas Seppi. Guys like Braden Schnurr, Dennis Kudla, Chris O'Connell, Mackie McDonald, Bradley Klan, Emilio Gomez, Mitchell Kruger, Peter Polanski, JJ Wolf, Bernard Tomic. I mean, this is cracked rackets heaven this week. Listen to these first round matches Vukic versus Rubin, college tennis, check check. Harrison versus Nakashima, American tennis, check check. Uh, you've got. Uh, Escobedo versus Oliveira the winner of that match plays J.J. Wolf. a potential Schnur Corda, second round I mean Popko versus King Kozlov versus Donald Young Evan Zhu versus Ulysses Blanche those are two really fun young Americans yeah, Michael Moe versus uh, Kovacevic in the first round there. The winner plays Peter Polanski. Are you kidding me? You know what I'm going to be doing this week. I will be on livestream.com ATP on the USTA Pro Circuit feeds wherever uh, they're showing these Dallas Challenger action uh, because that is what I will certainly be watching. Uh, in terms of the ATP 250s, I'd say the the probably – you don't wanna say the worst of the draw, but we'll we'll say the weakest of the draws comes in that Pune India tournament. The number one seed Benoit Pair there, the number four seed Sun Wu Kwan, uh, the number three seed Stefano Travagila, and the number two seed Ricardis Barrancas. Uh, you know all fantastic players, by the way, but in terms of depth, you look at these other tournaments in Montpellier, really fun action there. The number one seed, Gael Monfils, the four seed, Grigor Dimitrov, uh, the three seed, Denis Shapovalov, and the two seed, David Goffin, of course, also in those draws. Guys like number five seed, Felix Auger, Ali Asim, Sasha Bublik, Jill Simone, Ugo Umber, Krayinovich, a first-round matchup between two next-gen uh, finals participants last year in Yannick Sinner and Mikhail Yimmer. You could argue, Yimmers had the better start to the 2020 season. In fact, I don't even think you could argue it. I think that's a fact. So that's a really fun first-round matchup to monitor. And then in Cordoba, we've got really fun action in Argentina. The number one seed, Diego Schwartzman. The number four seed, Laszlo Gier. Uh, the number three seed, Christian Guerin, who's got a lot of points to defend after his South American clay run last year. And the number two seed, Guido Peya, Of course, other guys like Courtney Mutet, uh, Verdasco for you old heads, Paulo Cuevas, uh, Juan Ignacio Londero, uh, Roberto Carbas Benia Albert Alberto Ramos-Vanolas, Halmi Munar. Really fun action set uh, throughout the week on the ATP set, and we will be monitoring that all week long. Now, of course, you'll notice I did not talk about the Australian Open at all throughout this podcast. Once again, I would like to remind our listeners we have our Australian Open recap set for tonight, and we're going to be adding a new element to it. We're going to have that much more fun by doing it live on video. Myself, Jamie McDonald, breaking down uh, the last, uh, I imagine, match that we didn't talk about, so we haven't talked about Team Zverev it will inevitably come up but of course the two finals as well Kennan knocking out Garbin Mukarutha for the first slam title of her career as well as Novak Djokovic coming back from two sets to one down I believe for the first time in his career to knock off Dominic Team and take home his 17th Grand Slam uh, which is obviously a storyline we'll monitor we'll be playing some hot take uh, good take hot, bad take hot take well all the usual staples tangents uh you know what to expect in Crack Racket's product. And you can also expect our smiling faces and, as always, expect our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, to continue the editing job they always have to do. And, you know, I'm sure they appreciated the three-day reprieve from Mini Breaks, but we do apologize for that. That was really just a logistics thing, packing up, finishing, uh, you know, my old work, all the things that go into when you're making a change and moving somewhere. But Mini Breaks will be coming out, moving forward throughout the rest of this week, weekend mini breaks patreon all the fun stuff on the crack rackets horizon we will be talking about all that and more throughout the coming weeks again so excited to be going to the ita national indoors for the men's and women's events the women's this upcoming weekend uh, in chicago chris and i will be recapping their ita kickoff weekend and previewing that event during this week of course the men the week afterwards in madison wisconsin and the kentucky open in between as well We'll be talking about that and more, and the reason we can talk about it, because of our friends at Diet Tennis, who, again, use our promo code CR50 when you go check out their gear. You're certain to love it, and you'll be like, oh, man, it... You know, let me look at this. Oh, wait. I don't even have to go worry about my credit card where I'm at because it's 50% off. That's an easy purchase. Lock that bad boy in. That's your lock of the day. Go to diadem.com and lock yourself into a brand new racket. You won't. You'll love it, I guarantee. I should say not you won't. You will 100% enjoy that as a promise. And look, we all get hungry uh, throughout the day, and there's no better product to be snacking on to preparing yourself for becoming the best athlete you can be than our partners at Aerobar. Use our promo code there, CRACKED30. That's C-R-A-C. K E D three zero to get 30% off your order of uh, arrow bars and look, In my new home, there's a beautiful shipment of aero bars sitting in front of me. I'm going to eat one of those. I'm going to go on a run. And then I'm going to watch more tennis to get ready for our Great Shot podcast live show tonight. And, of course, that podcast, our Cracked Interviews, our Mini Break podcast, all of which you can find on our website, crackedrackets.com. Go like, rate, subscribe, review those. Leave a comment. Let us know if there's anything you want to hear us talk about tonight uh, before that live show gets going. Uh, And, of course, on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You know where to find us now. It's at Cracked Rackets. But for our super producers, Max Flieger and Daniel Westoff, for our friends at Diadem Tennis and Aero Bar, and from everyone at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Greskin. You know what we say. That's the break. We will see you all tonight. Thanks, everyone.